Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to another episode of Scoliosis Dialogues uh, from the Scoliosis Research Society. My name is uh, Terry Ishmael. I'm a pediatric orthopedic surgeon at Shriners Hospital for Children in Philadelphia. Today, as part of Black History Month and Women's History Month, I'm happy to have Dr. Elizabeth Lord. She's an orthopedic spine surgeon from UCLA. Welcome, Elizabeth, and so happy to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here and so proud to be a member of SRS. Great. So, you know, let's get started. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Like, you know, where'd you grow up and, uh, you know, how'd you get interested in medicine? Yeah, so my backstory is a little interesting. Uh, my parents were U.S. diplomats, so I'm American by birth, but grew up primarily overseas. I spent my formative years in primary school in Nairobi, Kenya, um, which was a really interesting experience and obviously a very diverse population, not only of Ke Kenyans, but um, my school was very international, so my friends are from all over the world. I then had a year of middle school in the D.C. suburbs and then moved back overseas to Cairo, Egypt, which is, again, a different part of the world, but also very interesting and diverse. And then um, for essentially educational reasons, I came back to the States and went to boarding school for the rest of high school. I then went to college in Boston, uh, medical school at Columbia in New York City, did my intern year at WashU Barnes-Jewish then transferred, still in orthopedic surgery, to UCLA, where I completed a research year in the lab of Jeff Wong, who's one of my mentors, and then completed a residency here at UCLA, fellowship at NYU, and came back here to UCLA as an attending, where I perform uh, adult deformity, degenerative disease, and tumor. Wow, that's fantastic. That's an amazing story. So uh, what drew you to medicine and then like orthopedics in particular, and then finally spine? When I first graduated from college, I honestly didn't know what I wanted to do. I think like many millennials. Um, so I just worked in consulting, which is sort of an easy, an easy pathway out of college. Uh, but as I sat behind a computer, I realized that was just not for me. I wanted to be up on my feet, moving around and, and actually making a difference in the world. Um, and at the time I hadn't really you know, done the pre-med courses or been on pre-med track in college. So I, I did work in healthcare consulting though. So I asked a bunch of doctors who I was working with, you know, does this make sense as a pathway? Um, Cause they had obviously somewhat transitioned out of clinical medicine to work in consulting. Um, but they very much so uniformly said that, you know, surgeons have a, a good lifestyle in terms of like being active, being on their feet and being able to make a concrete difference. I'd been interested in public health because my mother worked in public health, and so I liked healthcare. But I felt like the pace of that was a little slow for me, and being able to, you know, measure impact is a little bit difficult in terms of public health. It's obviously very important, but the pace and the outcomes are a little bit more difficult to quantify. So I ended up um, deciding to go to medical school. I had to do my pre-med courses, so I went to Georgetown for that, did that for a year, and then applied to medical school pretty much knowing that I was going to be a surgeon. Uh, but not knowing what type. So I did a lot of shadowing. I was president of the surgery club. As a medical student, I used to go on the transplant runs and help uh, the cardiothoracic team and the liver team and the kidney team uh, harvest organs from really all over the U.S. and uh, the New York area. Uh, and then eventually just kind of settled on ortho. I realized I didn't like the medical management as much in, um, in general surgery. And so I realized ortho was sort of de minimis of that and mm -hmm. landed there with ortho. And I was lucky that Columbia, you know, has some really strong uh, mentors and people who really advocate for women in orthopedic surgery. So I was lucky that I was there for medical school. 
Wow, fantastic. So, you know, if you had to pick like one or two people out in terms of, uh, you know, mentors or inspiration that kind of led you to uh, choose this path, who would they be? Yeah, early on, I remember as a as a fourth year medical student, I was uh, scrubbing and I saw Dr. Charlotte Fisher, who was at Columbia at the time as a chief resident and is now at NYU. But she was a chief resident just going to town, instrumenting a lumbar spine, doing the whole case independently without an attending scrubbed in. And I was just, I remember being, and she looks like me, you know, which is pretty uncommon. I was just like, that is so badass. Um, and so that was really an important inspiration for me. And then uh, once I started as intern here at Wash U, I was lucky enough to be able to work with Mike Kelly, um, even though I was an intern. I think the four was out of town, so I got to scrub with him. I also had a chance as a sub-eye to rotate at uh, UCSF, and at the time, Serena Hu was there. And again, it was just like, you know, in the OR with these people, it's just totally awe-inspiring what they're accomplishing on the table. And so those are definitely my early influences. And then later, as a, um, a chief resident, I worked here with with Francis Hornacek, who does a lot of spinal pelvic oncology. And again, just absolutely jaw-dropping cases. Yeah, fantastic. So as a woman of color, what types of barriers have you faced along the way? There must have been many. Yeah, there definitely have been. I mean, the thing that, you know, is kind of a pebble in the shoe to um, microaggression just constantly is the, you know, like, oh, what's your role? or this sort of assumption that you're not a surgeon. Just this past weekend, I was at a course and some fellow was like, what's your role? It's like, you know, what do you think? Um, but obviously they don't think I'm a surgeon. That's why they're asking. Yeah. And that's just kind of constantly annoying. Um, you know, new nurses will be like, who are you? Are you anesthesia? Which is, you know, at least they think then you're a doctor. But that just kind of, it's just blanket assumption that you're not the surgeon. You couldn't possibly be the surgeon is just sort of this never ending um, annoyance that I think many, you know, many people who aren't of color or aren't women don't, you know, have never experienced. Yeah. Um, and the, you know, other barriers, but my institution is pretty supportive. Um, patients are very supportive. I think patients do seek out um, in many ways, women. Um, and, you know, again, I'm also a very, very light skinned woman. So I don't necessarily, although people can probably tell that I'm not totally white, it's not obvious to them necessarily um, what my ethnic background is. So I, you know, do have that privilege. Yeah. So is there anyone at this point in your career that you say you still look up to or anyone new? Oh, God. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so many people that I look up to. Um, one, I mean, any of the members, I mean, all the members of the SRS, really, um, as I, you know, go further and further on this journey and realize Essentially, at least for me, it doesn't really get easier. The cases just get harder. And I have so much respect for people who have, you know, put in the years and been doing this for the years because it's it's physically tough. It's technically tough, uh, but it's also very emotionally demanding. You know, it's difficult to be in these cases for 10 hours. Um, it's difficult to deal sometimes with some of the the, you know, non um, you know, non perfect outcomes. Uh, when they when they happen and they happen to everyone. And so I'd say my mentors right now, Mike Kelly, again, is actually my SRS mentor. Um, Serena, who is still still a mentor and a role model, I think, to all women in spine. Um, Themi Protopsaltis is someone who he was a fellowship mentor to me and continues to be a mentor. I really admire his work and, um, you know, try to 
sort of achieve, still achieve his alignment goals that he set out for me. Uh, and then Francis Hornacek in terms of my, in my oncology uh, work. I think he's, he does some unbelievable cases, things that I, you know, aspire to do sometime, but still working on. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you touched on how stressful, you know, uh, these types of cases are and oftentimes life in general. You know, what do you do to de-stress or when you're not working? How, how do you, you know, feel like a normal person after work? <laughs> uh, I don't know that I ever feel like a normal person. That, that's a bit yeah. of a reach. Uh, yeah. But the things I enjoy doing, uh, I love to travel. I'm a huge traveler. So if you see me at like a bunch of meetings, it's because I really like traveling to be there. Um, and the educational yeah. content, of course. Um, I'm lucky to live in LA. And so the weather here is gorgeous. I live right by the beach. And so I'm always walking on the beach, um, running on the beach. I do some water sports, surfing, sailing. Um, I have an adorable little dog. So I like to walk him around the neighborhood. Um, like many spine people, I enjoy my food and wine. So yeah. I like to check out new restaurants. I'm a member of the local. I live in Venice Beach. I'm a member of like a local venice beach wine club a member of a the venice beach backgammon club so i enjoy sort of the the social activities that come from living in a in a city like los angeles yeah that's all fantastic and so diverse so final thing like you know what would you say to a you know a young woman of color who is looking at her future and is trying to figure out what she wants to do, but she thinks that maybe she wants to do medicine, but she's not sure if, you know, it's for her. I think medicine is an incredibly um, diverse set of fields, and there are many different pathways that you can have. I think the number one thing before going down any road is to, as much as you can, and, and plans change, but is to have a vision of what you want your life to be. And then be able to, you know, find the career where that works. So if, you know, you're somebody who wants to have, you know, six children, like six natural children and give birth to them, that is probably possible and still being a spine surgeon, but you're going to have to like go the extra mile to be the first one to do that and figure out how that's going to work for you. Um, and if you want to be like, you know, the workaholic spine surgeon, like, that's an easier path to follow because, you know, someone has sort of carved that road ahead of you. So I think it's just important to understand what your personal and professional goals are and then figure out how to accomplish that. Because I think it is possible to sort of have it all. It's just not possible to have it all at once. That's, a, that's an Oprah quote, but I believe her. Um, and in terms of, you know, the barriers uh, in, in surgery and spine surgery specifically, I think it's important to have a lot of faith in yourself to really understand what you're capable of, um, not just technically. You know, I think many, many of us are, you know, technically competent. We can get through the cases, but really that sort of resilience and stoicism. It's important to be able to understand that, like, if you're in the middle of the tough case, you know, no one's going to bail you out. You've got to figure out your plan B and how to get that that patient off the table in a way that's optimal. And so it's really understanding if you want to be in a position where you have difficult decisions and are able to handle those decisions. Um, or, if, you know, again, there are other types of spine surgery, for example, like, you know, outpatient, which maybe you don't have those serious uh, or those many complicated events, but it's important to just know yourself and know if you want to be sort of in that situation. Fantastic. 
So, you know, again, like, you know, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you know, I think we, we covered a wide, wide range of topics uh, today. And, uh, you know, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. It's so nice to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you too. The Scoliosis Research Society is a nonprofit professional organization made up of physicians and allied health personnel. Their primary focus is on providing continuing medical education to healthcare professionals and on funding and supporting research in spinal deformities. Please visit srs.org for further information. 